1: Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning.
0: Top of the hour here on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. He's Damon Benning, I'm Andrew Rogers, and we are happy to have you with us, live from the h and Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. What were you doing last night? Were you watching basketball? Perhaps maybe attending a high school basketball game? Well, that's because state championship basketball is right around the corner and we are talking to somebody that knows let's just say a little bit about (laughs) the state tournament he is the nsaa assistant director john dolliver john good morning good morning guys
2: mr diplomacy the guy that everybody likes jd good morning man how are you
1: i've been good i've been good the uh the weather's caused some things to be a little hectic around here but uh other than that, we've been pretty good.
0: You know, stay right there because I'm sure you wish you could control the weather uh, at points like this in the season. Um, you know, if you had Mother Nature on speed <laughs> dial, I think this would be a lot, a lot easier. But how much of a headache has it been for you to go through rescheduling at this, at this point in the season and even finding officials for those games that get rescheduled?
1: Yeah, you know, it's been it's been a challenge. Um, I will say we work with some great people between our athletic administrators and and all of our schools, and then uh, the officials themselves. I, I don't think people understand what it takes to put on a postseason uh, with uh, NSA sub district basketball. You know, the the uh, we had a game the other day that they were going to play it at four o'clock, and we they had moved it up, and we had to try to find new officials to go to the game, and then. Because of the weather coming in, uh, we get a call, and they say they wanted to play it at 2 o'clock. And, of course, this is all contingent on whether or not officials can be there or not. And, and all three of those officials found a way to be there to tip a game off at 2 o'clock, and that game was in actually in Ogallala. And so if you know where Ogallala is at, it's not yeah. real easy to get to unless you're in Ogallala. And so it's uh, those, those officials, the, the dedication that they have. And so um, obviously it's a lot of games, a lot of moving parts. It takes a lot of communication from – uh, our, our officials and from the athletic administrators and uh, I can't say enough about the The work that they do to make sure that all of this goes on But uh, that's that's kind of one of the things behind the scenes that officials do that I don't think people realize that they're wanting and willing to be able to go at a drop of a hat to be at a game So that our kids can participate in these meaningful games John at least on the surface
2: and all our interactions over the years you seem very easygoing Um like I said, Kyle's kind of joking, pretty diplomatic, but you do work and represent the charter member schools. How does your personality work with kind of the ideas and suggestions, kind of knowing your role in, in, a, in a servant leadership role for NSA and knowing when to kind of shut some of those ideas off?
1: Yeah, you know, one of the things that uh, the NSA is a member-driven organization, obviously, you know, there are things that everybody wants to do and everybody thinks that should be different. Um, but ultimately our member schools are the ones that help make those decisions. And I think that's some of our role at the NSA is to help either promote those decisions so that they can be um, reality. And I, I look at the shot clock as an example of that. You know, this year we, to we implemented uh, the class A shot clock. That was something that uh, the class A schools were, were very in favor of. And, I, and you know, from my uh, interactions with the shot clock this year it's been a real positive for class a uh, we're going to hopefully add it next year in class b and so i think it's just taken taking a lot of things in stride you know everybody this time of the year basketball is a long season and you know sometimes things go the way we want them to and sometimes they don't um, and it's just kind of one of those things where you kind of got to ride the, the wave of emotion of coaches of fans of officials um, and then you know ultimately we get to the finish line here and it, it's it's a Accomplishment of a season-long, you know, uh, journey that these that these coaches and officials and and players and communities have been on. And so, um, I don't know. I, it's it, there are times that it gets pretty stressful. There are times that people's emotions get involved. But just trying to remember what we're doing and why we why we do it. Three
2: day versus four day venue switches. You guys, you've had to kind of go through it all. And I go back to the year that you get there was the pandemic and. One of the few sports that pulled it off in the country. When you look at where you are heading into twenty three this next calendar year versus what you had to go through during the pandemic and how you've kind of reformulated this the state tournament, were there some positives that you learned going through that stretch?
1: Absolutely. you know we we were able to put the uh, we were one of the very few states that were able to finish their boys and girls basketball championships in 2020. Um, obviously, 21 threw us in another wrinkle where we didn't have the Bob Devaney Sports Center uh, yeah. at our disposal, and the folks at Pinnacle Bank Arena and Lincoln Public Schools helped us put on the 21 championship in a unique way. Uh, we, we spread it out um, from a Tuesday to a Saturday, two weeks in a row, uh, and we were able to play all of those games. And then uh, we'll go back to last year where Pinnacle Bank Arena hosted the Big Ten Wrestling Championships
2: yeah. uh, during
1: the Girls' State Championship week. And so if you remember, we played all of those games in one week, uh, inter- intermingling the boys and the girls. And so we learned some things during that time frame uh, about scheduling, about how we, you know, cleaning out the arena and making sure that we can get uh, the next teams in. And so uh, absolutely, there, there were some positives to take away. I think the four-day format, you know, it was always something that I thought was would be beneficial for our championships because – We were playing in Lincoln Public Schools with our classes C2, D1, and D2, and they did a great job of hosting. I'm a small school kid. I played in those gyms growing up, and the atmosphere in those high school gyms was second to none. But ultimately, when we turn people away and people can't get into the facility, um, we had to look at a different option. And our our board and the the folks here in Lincoln were uh, very gracious in in going to a four-day format now, and and we'll have – uh, our schools playing at both Pinnacle Bank and the Bob Devaney Sports Center, and and hopefully providing uh, you know opportunities that uh, make lifelong memories for these uh, kids, coaches, and communities.
0: We're talking to John Dolliver, NSAA Assistant Director, overseeing basketball and and a variety of other sports. But in this case, we're talking uh, postseason basketball and and what's to come. And John, you know, I, I want to commend the NSAA for securing every game at PBA or Devaney. I feel like trev alberts when he said like man i just want to thank you like no john i just want to thank you because i remember having to drive all over town just to cover the teams in my viewing area when i was in Sioux city you mentioned like the c1 teams yeah, the d1 yeah. d2 and i'm at yep. like a north star now i'm at southwest and like the games are buttoned up to each other so selfishly i know media members are, are thankful that something like this uh this change. They they appreciate the change, right? Um but beside that, beside just changing it because, you know, Devaney and PBA were available, is a change like this, not having it in the public schools meant more for the student athletes so that they can feel the the so called state tournament atmosphere at the best uh, at the best level it can be. Do you know what I mean by that? By by bringing bringing them yeah. to the biggest venue so that it's not like just another high school game.
1: Absolutely. You know, and, and that's that's the that was the other draw to this. You know, obviously getting fans in there, but kids, you know, get to play in the Devaney Center and Pinnacle Bank Arena, and and you know, as a as a kid, I think those are the important things when you know it's a state tournament, but you still you get to play in an arena. And you know, and that that was one of the other draws that we had. So, again, any the atmosphere is important, and and the venue is important, and we try to provide the best uh, atmosphere and the best venues that we can. And if they're available to us, we want to be able to use them. And thankfully, like I said, the the things that happened over the 21 and 22 state championships kind of uh, forged this uh, new schedule that we have, and and we're excited about it.
2: John, you also you know, you talked about officiating, and and that is on your watch. Was there some comfort, some ease knowing that the venues were narrowed down with the official availability at, at, at such a high-stakes juncture during the season?
1: Yeah, you know, it, it creates a little bit different uh, scheduling of officials for us. Uh, you know, we were we were running four sites in one day, and so we've got officials running all over the city. Uh, You know, and and this this allows us to give some more people some opportunities, spread things out a little bit over four days and and bring in the high quality officials that we have uh, from across our state. You know,
0: as I think about a person in your position leading up to state this year. I think more like, man, is it more stressful planning this way early on, or is it more stressful executing the event? For you, which one is it? Is it being there, making sure everything goes right, or is it on the front end making sure things are set up and expectations can be met eventually?
1: You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with both of those because th- this event is probably one of the biggest ones that we put on in our state. So the planning of it, you want everything to be – uh, be amazing because this is maybe a once in a lifetime opportunity for uh, a team or a community where they get here we're, we're probably going to qualify some teams and maybe their first time ever qualifying for the state championship so that planning piece of it you want this to be uh, the biggest they, you want it to be a lifelong memory something that they that they'll never forget and so that piece of it is is very important to me that that in and, and the NSA so that we put on a uh, first-class uh, operation and show for for everybody and then I tell a lot of people the state basketball tournaments like a big family reunion we get people from all corners of the state that travel to watch either the girls championship or the boys championships uh, and they do it every year whether their teams qualify or not and so the other part of that then is the day of and, and that week uh, of those championships you want that experience when they get there uh, to be a positive one you know whether they win or they lose uh, you want them to be able to come in and, and have a positive experience with with being in Lincoln, playing at the Devaney Center or playing at Pinnacle Bank Arena, and you know what? We we want to, as much as we want everything to be perfect. We also understand that it's not going to be, and so that stress then becomes a little bit more too because somebody's going to be unhappy with something, and it's trying to try to to maneuver through those obstacles that happen at the at the championships and. Again, just make it make it as smooth as we can and, and have it a, be a positive experience for everybody involved.
2: John, you've done a fantastic job with your crew, just kind of addressing um, maybe what some concerns are. or You know, you hear some grumblings, and obviously you're representing the charter member schools. Is there something that you see next on the horizon? You know, sometimes I hear, well, sub-districts versus regular districts, so even though I don't think people sometimes understand you know, to get to eight in a field, why sub districts are essentially kind of the same as the quarterfinals and playoffs, right? But in football, let's say. But having said all that, is there something like next on the docket that you're like, okay, we're, mo- we're moving the ball forward in, in this stage? This is probably what we'd like to see next in terms of coming together as a, as a, as a membership group.
1: Yeah, I think there's two things that come to my mind. The the first one is the shot clock. I think that's going to continue to be a conversation piece. Uh, obviously, class A and B uh, will probably have it by next year, and I think then the, the lower four classes are going to have to make a decision on that. So I think that's one thing that uh, will will change here in the next. I don't know. It may it may take a little longer in the smaller classes, but I do see that as the next thing uh, to impact the game of basketball in our state, and then you brought up the sub-districts, and there's always conversation about that. We've had (laughs) proposals written by some of our member schools the last few years to kind of tweak the way we do things, and and where we're at now is in a different spot than where we were when I started working at the NSA uh, with geographical sub-districts and then a 16-team district final field uh, and and not taking geography into account. Uh, The lower classes don't have have a wild card that qualifies them for the state tournament, So I could see, if you notice, we had some sub-districts in both the girls and the boys' side that had uh, a lot of really good teams in them just based off of where they were located at. And I think that there will be some, maybe some proposals that come forward uh, to maybe – uh, do some different things geographically, still keep geography because geography is an important part of our state. Yeah. Um, and I think that that will be one thing that our schools continue to talk about, whether or not they can agree on, on what that change looks like and how we move forward. You know, Ultimately, and, you know, I think everybody's goal is to try to get the eight best teams of the state tournament, but it's called March Madness for a reason, and there are teams that get upset, <laughs> and there may be a, an, an instance where we get a team in that's not one of the top eight, and that's okay um and i and i think people need to understand that but for the most part our district final format right now is is in a good place it's better than where it was and i just see our our uh our schools trying to maybe make some changes on sub districts we've seen some upsets so far
0: so um yeah. we'll, we'll probably <laughs> I shouldn't say probably. We'll definitely see some uh, more even, uh, as, as the uh, games go on. John, thanks so much for your time this morning. We appreciate it. Good luck with everything that's to come for you, and uh, hopefully your job won't be too challenging this year.
1: Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks,
0: John. John Dolliver, NSAA Assistant Director overseeing basketball. He's, like, uh, quite cool. Definitely. Like you spent some time, like he's just, he, he's a. I was listening a- to him, and you kind of looked at me like, "Dude, are you gonna like talk? Like, it's like time for you to say something." <laughs> he's a cool. And customer. I thought he was still like finishing a thought. Yeah. Didn't realize there was a period there. I told you grammars, <laughs> man. I was waiting for my period.
2: Country grammar.
0: <laughs> hey, as we talk about those rules, though, um, because the shot clock, I think, is it w- was such a great addition to the game. I know it kind of goes back and forth with like stylistic. Uh, notion for hey a lot of times like we like to score 24 points and yeah. then we like to kill clock because that's how we win games but more times than not from an entertainment standpoint having a shot clock is is something that i think needs to be done across the board yeah two great coaches come
2: to mind with i think polar opposite vantage points right i look at a guy like coach woodard at Bellevue West. He, probably, he wants to play significantly different than a guy that's racked up a few state championships of his own in Jim Weeks, let's say at Auburn, mm-hmm. right, who we watched play a game in the low 30s that went to overtime this year. So I think, I think it's because I wonder how many times coaches say, yeah, you know what, you're right. I want to play what's aesthetically pleasing to you. Versus. Never. Ver, <laughs> Never. Right? Versus. Never. Gosh, I sure would like to win games, but the kids have to want to do it, too. Right. So maybe that's part of it. Like when it comes to school choice, like how how do we play? But it's hard to argue with results when when coaches win. Right. There was that stretch at Millard North where everybody was like, man, single wing. Oh, they're running they're running trap veer, in midline, right? Well, you won a lot of <laughs> <laughs> state championships, right? And, and and some people are like, ah, you know, I want to get in four or five wide and go empty. Some people want to play ninety four feet. Some are some are very methodical. Some have the options to do both, like Coach Feakin at, at Gretna, who I've seen play multiple styles. So I mean I don't know how much coaches actually factor in Hey, this gives us the best chance to win versus, okay, you know what? This would be a lot more entertaining.
0: Or there would be more people here if <laughs> we had a shot clock. <laughs> I doubt that comes to mind. All they care about is winning games and, uh, and doing it. You it's know what, kind, you know what like I wonder? You said wash, rinse, repeat yesterday when you talked about um, the agitated cycle. The agitated cycle. It's kind of like that for coaches that win wash, rinse, repeat. Like you don't want to change too much in no, there.
2: No, I get it. I to, I I totally get it. I I think the the venue thing has come up so much, right? Where I always wondered, you know, I I do those state broadcasts for football, and I mean, do do you want you want fifteen hundred in Memorial Stadium, or do you want, you know, f- fifteen hundred in, in Ord, right? Because the year during COVID. the pandemic, yeah, you know, they I were going those, to Pierce. At, they were playing those games at home sites, and I thought. Well, shoot, that was cool. But then I was like, well, it's con- if I, if I, if I, for the athlete, if, I, I, if I'm Lonnie Tapp and I'm coaching Benson, I'm going to Norfolk, I don't think that was very cool. I'd love a neutral site. So right. I don't know, like, the small feel, cozy versus neutral site. I don't know if how it, that works in those yeah. big venues. I don't want to speak for those families because I'm not – I want to play it in as
0: raucous envir-
2: environment as possible. Yeah,
0: and and that's you saying, "Hey, I'd like to play at a high school," versus "Hey, I'd like to play at fifteen hundred Memorial Stadium."
2: Well, I mean, when could, I you, could it, you could you get eight thousand in a high school building? I don't think you can, but you will get. You could get eight thousand in, in a Class A state championship game, right? So, right.
0: Well, and know. for me, you know, I think of it more as this is a moment that high school kids look forward to, like they. They play for this game. They play to play at PBA, in this case, or Memorial Stadium in your football example. Whether there's 100 people there or whether there's, you know, 20,000 people there. Growing up, I just remember, like, could you imagine if, like, this team, if this group, if we made it there going that far and playing in a gym that I probably won't play in again?
2: Yeah. I think like that a lot, too. Yeah, I could see that. I remember, and he brought up, hey, not – having access or, you know, turning people away. And I remember, you know, a handful of years ago, Winnebago had a guy, David Winget, and kind of, you know, me saw – we would always you – know, well, what time are you go in there? Because it was played in high school. I mean, lines would be around the corner, right? And you knew that you you may not get in. And that was a stretch where there was a lot of non-class um, A and B, really, really high-quality basketball players. And those gyms were, like, packed to the gills, and I think those are some of those things that stick in, you know, the charter member schools' memories when they're like, ah, uh, you know, do they do they deserve a a bigger experience, a bigger platform versus, man, I'm I'm a high school guy and I like to be in a high school gym. Like, Platteview is a hard place to play. It's a small gym. It's right. pretty quaint, right? Maybe they like that advantage in terms of the small gym type atmosphere. So I always I'm always leery about speaking for. The, the masses, but I, I know for me personally, I think it would be cool to play someplace that I normally wouldn't play, right? I mean, put, pitting, getting 30000 in Friday Night Lights for Dallas, Carter, and Permian, or 50000 in a and in a 85000 venue, se- stadium. stadium. Not hard. I'd be cool with that. Not hard. It seemed kind of empty if you were the Cowboys playing in right. that venue, but...
0: I'm sure it's cool for the high school kids. Yeah, you know, they get 20k anyway. Yeah, and you know, just at at the end of the day, it's what are you what are you playing for, right? Like, for me, again, like you you say you don't want to speak for other people, and I don't feel like I am in any case. By I just by don't know how people in, at
2: Howells Dodge feel about playing in a big venue. So I don't want to say, oh man, I think that they'd love
0: to play a PBA or whatever, you know. I don't know. Yeah, and, you know, state tournaments for the longest time have always been at a at a collegiate venue. venue. Um, I haven't seen one that's gone to a professional venue outside of football. Um, is basketball, have they gone to... Like, I mean, is, does, does, it, Louis, it,
2: does Louis Central
0: love going to the Unidome? I don't know. I'm sure they think it's pretty cool. Yeah. And, and for me, it would be hard to adjust to go to high school. So, like, it, if I had a kid that you know, played on a team that went to state Um, like, yeah, I'm watching my kids. So at the end of the day, that's fine. I don't care if it's in a high school facility or if it's in a collegiate facility, but if I'm just an average fan, I want to watch it in the collegiate facility because it's like you're, you're playing for something Mm -hmm. at the biggest stage. You want to give them uh, the biggest experience you can by changing that during the COVID year. I will, I'll say this. I thought the atmosphere was not the same because they weren't at Memorial Stadium. Does that make sense? Like, the
1: change it, in it, my head It definitely seemed
2: flip. different. And that year during COVID, we didn't use rotating. You know, we didn't do three yeah, games. Not to
1: say it wasn't they exciting just, for they just spread, those schools. They
2: spread the sites out on for, through Nebraska Public Media. And so I only had the one game. And I know Verse had one. And we were just kind of comparing the experiences. Like, it's – I think he had Ord that year in a – Championships, I don't know, whatever. I had West Side and Elkhorn South, and it it just seemed different than than being in at Memorial Stadium. Now, the rings and the the trophy still is raised and worn the same, but it the the, the environment seemed mm-hmm. different.
0: That's just now, you. Me. You won't get as much noise, but that so called cool factor for the kids and just being there. Uh, I think that that pays greater dividends in the end. It may not have as much of an impact, like I said, noise-wise for the game, Mm -hmm. but just being able to step foot on Memorial Stadium and uh, on the field and say, like, whoa, like I'm not good enough to be a college football player. But but we're here. But we're here. Yeah. Right? And and we're going to enjoy this moment. We appreciate John uh, coming on to the show. We'll continue talking high school sports with Mike Sauter at 9 o'clock. We also have uh, a couple of other things we want to get to. I got one for
2: you. Uh, My my guy, he says, I can tell you from experience, Class C&D kids are so happy and very thankful to make it to the state tournament. But every one of them would prefer to be playing at PBA or Devaney. So I've, that's kind of along your lines. Yeah,
0: I just think for a kid, they they want the they want the thing they don't get, right? That's what you play for. If you can step foot on that court at one point in time, it's a win. Yeah, it's a win, I'm and that's there. what that's what you play for. Uh, coming up, do we want to talk XFL rules or Nebraska? We'll find out next. <laughs>